Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com or you can download our free Living Truth app. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 3, verses 1 through 6, called The Burning Book. In Joshua chapter 5, when Joshua is getting ready to take the promised land and he must take the impenetrable walls of Jericho, the Lord appears as the captain of the Lord of hosts. And here he appears in the midst of a bush. They say that these bushes can have thorns on the trunks of them. And a little bit of debate whether it's a blackberry bush or something else. But the bottom line is that Moses had experienced this before. And a bush or a tree in the Bible often speaks of a people group. People, nations, and individuals are often compared to trees that either are doing well, you'll know them by their fruit, etc. And the bush represents Israel. Israel is in the fire of persecution. They've been going through it for hundreds of years. The taskmaster, the terrible plan of the Pharaoh to throw the Hebrew male children into the Nile River to oppress and destroy God's people, and God has seen it. And the message is that I have entered into the fire with my people. I am in their midst. I know their pain. I know they're burning with affliction. I know they have difficulty. But I am right in the middle of the fire with them. The gospel tells us that Jesus Christ enters into our pain. He enters into the fallen world, becomes that baby in Bethlehem, lives a perfect life that I could never live, dies on the cross in my place. And this is a message to Moses that I know my people's pain and I'm right in the middle of the fire and I will say to you, God knows your pain as well. He knows your highs and lows. He knows when you're feeling overwhelmed and you're feeling the heat of the fire and just like, remember the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when that fourth personage appears in the fire and he's, according to VeggieTales, real shiny? Come on. Hey, boss. We see a fourth one in the fire, right? Well, in our fires, the Lord doesn't always remove us from the fire, but he's with us in the fire. And I might have a few questions if I were Moses, like, why didn't you deliver the people 40 years ago when I tried to intervene and killed the Egyptian and broke up the fight with the two Hebrews? Why did I have to flee from Egypt? like a a person who was under a death sentence. Why now? And this is something that we wrestle with. Lord, if you know people's pain, then why didn't you show up years ago? These are natural questions that I don't think we should try to avoid. Where were you when this happened and that happened? And I would submit to you the Lord was still right there in the fire. But he decides to work in his own time for his own purposes. And I need to be on board with his plan and trust him. Amen? And I will tell you, just like everybody else sitting here or watching via live stream, I don't always understand what God is doing. I don't understand God's divine delays. 
I don't understand why he says wait. But I know he's working out a plan and I know he was doing something in Moses' life and to prepare the people of Israel. And no, I don't get every layer of it, but I know that God even uses the fire to make our faith more precious than gold. And those are not necessarily the Bible verses that we all put on our refrigerator. I'm going to go through the fire today for the Lord that he might stretch my faith. Can I get a witness? Pour the coffee, honey. I know. But those verses are there. And they even tell us to rejoice in our trials, knowing that the testing of our faith produces, what? What is it? Endurance. But trials are tough. The fire is hot, but God is there. And the angel of the Lord appears in the midst of the bush, and Moses looked. Sometimes things have to happen to get our attention. Amen? The bush made Moses look. It doesn't say here the angel of the Lord's presence, although the fire represents him, was a manifestation of him, but Moses It was the bush that got his attention. And I don't know how distracted Moses was, but he was taking care of a flock. He had business to take care of, and we all have our stuff, right? We have things to do, people to see, freeway traffic to fight, you know, whatever you're doing these days. Life can get busy. We get distracted. And the angel of the Lord appears. One writer says, you could better translate this, the angel that is Yahweh. I'll let you chew on that. But Exodus 3 may be the strongest identifying of the angel of the Lord as the Lord himself, as you'll see. This is a manifestation of God, visible to the human eye, the angel of the Lord, whether it is anthropomorphic, that just simply means whether it's like a human form, like Genesis 18 when he appears as a traveler, or in a fiery form such as we have before us. But the Lord appears in the bush, Sena, very close to Sinai, maybe a wild acacia with a thorny trunk, rather small, and Moses decides to look and turn to this marvelous sight. Malachi 3.6, and I would encourage you maybe in your devotional time to read Malachi 3, but Malachi 3.6 says, I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, Israel, you are not consumed. Think of the burning bush. I, the Lord, don't change. That's why you are still here. I was reading J. Vernon McGee, and he said, when's the last time you met a Midianite? But he said, the Jewish nation is still here. They've returned to the land in many of our lifetimes. Recaptured Jerusalem in 1967. And it is a testimony of God's faithfulness to his promises. To see us all the way home. The Bible says our God is a consuming fire. Hebrews 12, 29. Fire can be scary. As long as it's localized in your fireplace or in a fire pit, it's okay. But if it gets out of control, it can be scary. But fire also purifies. And I think maybe the message of the burning bush is, I'm going to use fire to deliver my people And I know they're in the fire right now and they're going to be delivered by my mighty, powerful hand. Later, God will appear on Mount Sinai and come down in fire and smoke. Remember that? And it's going to be a scary thing and people are going to be warned not even to touch the mountain. God is holy and we're going to see that in a moment. And he appears 
does the angel of the Lord in the blazing fire. Maybe the closest verse to this is 2 Thessalonians 1.7. It says, The Lord is going to give relief to those who are afflicted, his church, and to us as well. When the Lord Jesus, 2 Thessalonians 1.7, shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in blazing fire. 2 Thessalonians 1.7. God is eternal. He's eternal light. His beauty never fades. That might be part of the message of the burning bush. I know my people are in the midst of the fire. I think that's another message of the burning bush. And I've come down to rescue them. Verse 3. So Moses said, I must turn aside now and see this marvelous, if you have an ESV, this great sight. NIV says, strange sight. Why the bush is not burned up. Now, God's got Moses' attention, but he, he looks and he says, why isn't this thing consumed? This is strange. And so he goes to the midst of it. And when the Lord, or near it, when the Lord saw that Moses turned aside to look, God, that's the Hebrew word Elohim, called to him. Now notice we have the angel of the Lord is mentioned as being in the bush, but God called to Moses from the midst of the bush. So notice the close association and said, Moses, Moses. And Moses replied, here I am. <laughs> Gulp. <laughs> Can you imagine? Why is that bush burning and not consumed? Moses, Moses. Put your name there for a second. A double call of your name. That's when you know your mom's really mad at you. Or if your mother uses your middle name, you're in deep trouble. Michael, in my case, William. My mom was right on the front row. She can tell you. <laughs> and then other commentary about my behavior, which we will not share publicly. <laughs> it's when I was a kid, okay? But the double call of a name, Moses, Moses, scholars say is a way, a term of endearment. It means that God cares about Moses and loves him. And God knows your name. In fact, he calls us by name. And he is compassionate toward us. And I know uh, what comes to mind is a couple of double calls of Martha, Martha, Simon, Simon. And even, remember this one, Acts chapter 9, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? That double call of the name means that God knows us intimately, He cares about us, and He's calling us. And Moses replied, Yes. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> here I The ancient way of saying this is, here I am. <laughs> and he said, don't come near, five. Don't come any closer. Remove your sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. Now, God wanted Moses to come near, and worship essentially means to draw near to God. You draw near to God, I will draw near to you. And Moses was drawn near. He saw the sight, he heard the call, but then he was stopped. Don't come any closer. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. 
Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Hey, I want to give you a reminder about an event coming up at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona, where I serve as senior pastor. We're doing a Harvest Fest event a Halloween alternative on October the 31st. It's a carnival theme called The Greatest Joy on Earth, 5.30 to 8.30 p.m. Monday night, October the 31st, game booths, inflatables, a bakewalk, trunks of treats, lots of candy, food vendors, music, and a whole lot of fellowship and fun, including the gospel being preached. Admission is free. And if you want to come out and join us, download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app in your app store. You can get information and driving directions. It is open to you, and I would love to meet you on that night if we haven't met before and you're one of our listening families or even a partner with the ministry. We would like to say thank you. Come on out. You can get everything you need at walkintruth.com. Click on the church tab or the Living Truth app on your app store. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. And Moses was drawn near. He saw the sight. He heard the call. But then he was stopped. Don't come any closer. Because God is holy. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. What does holiness mean? It means that God is separate. He's, it speaks of his aboveness. He made everything. He is separate and distinct from man and his creation. And this is a sign that sin is the problem. Moses can't get too close. Later, God will say to Moses, no one can look at my face and live. You can't. I will show you the, the back parts of my beauty, but you will not look on my face. And this is what we, this is a problem we have as humanity. Isn't the big, biggest longing for most of us as believers to see God's face? Isn't that what we want? I want to see him. Can you imagine getting to hug him? Can you imagine looking into his eyes and having him look into your eyes? Well, Moses was drawn, right? And he heard the call and he starts coming, but there's a problem. There's a separation. And what separates us from God is what? Sin. And Jesus, by dying on the cross, becomes the, literally the bridge. You could imagine a cross becoming the bridge between sinful man and a holy God. This is how we cross over. This is why one day we will be able to see his face when everything is redeemed and made right again. And we already have the down payment of that if you're a believer today. What made the ground holy? Was this a special mountain? Well, it was special in this sense that wherever God is, that place is holy. Moses is going to learn a lot about holiness later because he will be responsible to construct a tabernacle with holy priests and holy garments and a holy place and the holy of holies. I can go down the list of many things. Holy vestments, holy things used within the temple. Those uh, things in and of themselves weren't especially holy. But to be set apart for God's purposes is what makes you holy. And right now, you are, brethren, holy and beloved. Do you know why? Because you've been saved, you've been redeemed, and you've been set apart for God for His holy service. 
This is what holiness means. It means to be sanctified, set apart, just like the holy place would be, just like the, the priests and the various things used in the temple. The garments would be holy. All these things. And Moses may have learned a little bit about holiness from his father-in-law, Jethro. 1 Timothy 6, 14 through 16 says, You keep the commandment without stain or reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, when he will, what, which he will bring about at the proper time. Listen to this. He who is blessed and the only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords, that's definitely Jesus, Revelation 19, who alone possesses immortality and dwells in unapproachable light. 1 Timothy 6.16 Whom no man has seen or can see, to him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. God dwells in unapproachable light. And Moses is beginning to approach, and God says, that's far enough. Take your shoes off. You are on holy ground. Now, what's the deal of taking your shoes off? Please, nobody take your shoes off right now, okay? I know, I know this is holy ground, but it would become relatively unholy, perhaps. Anyway, never mind. So in, 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 the, uh, in this culture, even today, taking off your shoes before you enter into a dwelling or a place of worship is still seen as a sign of honor. If a guest were to remove your sandals, for example, and wash your feet, that was a sign that the guest was showing you hospitality. And some believe that the message here is that Moses is wandering in the wilderness. He's a sojourner in a foreign land. And God has said, enter in. Let's let nothing come between us. Take the sandals off your feet. John the Baptist, when Jesus says, baptize me, he says, I'm not even unworthy to untie your sandals. You are holy. You existed before me. What we do know is that sometimes as we walk through this world, our shoes pick up dust. And maybe God is saying, I don't want anything defiling coming into my presence. The dust that you pick up from this world and walking through it, I I want that separate. There's many different ways to take the message, but Moses is standing on holy ground. I want you to hold your place and we're... Uh, winding down, but I want you to turn over to Joshua for a second, which is a little bit to your right. So the guy that will take the baton from Moses, Moses doesn't get to enter into the promised land, is a guy named Joshua, right? Same, uh, his Hebrew name is the same as Jesus, Joshua, chapter 5. And as he leads the people of Israel into the promised land, he has this encounter. This is Joshua 5. 13. Now it came about when Joshua was by Jericho, he was like Moses' right-hand man. He lifted up his eyes, Moses is now dead, and he looked and behold, a man was standing opposite him with a sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, are you for us or for our adversaries? Whose side are you on? And he said, no or neither. Rather, I indeed come now as the captain of the host of the Lord. Joshua fell on his face, this mighty warrior, to the earth. He bowed down and said to him, What is my Lord to say to his servant? I'm listening, Lord. And the captain of the Lord's host said to Joshua, Notice, remove your sandals from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy. 
And Joshua did so and got his marching orders. I was listening to a couple pastors yesterday and they're talking about current events. And uh, I told you guys that Mike McClure of Calvary Chapel San Jose was facing another court date. And thankfully, the judge uh, removed the personal fines, did not give them, him and the youth pastor, jail time, gratefully, and is going to reduce some of the uh, fines, which have now reached $1.7 million against the church for having the doors of the church open to a hurting and broken uh, community. And Mike is a very soft-spoken pastor who just loves the Lord and is trying to preach the gospel. And the judge has asked him to comply with the orders to be outside, etc. And this pastor said, knowing Mike, he's going to be meeting right now this morning. And sometimes when we look at politics or the world, we say, we pray. And many of you prayed. We pray and we pray and we pray and we pray and we say, okay, Lord, you're on our side, right? You've been listening to The Burning Bush, part two on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 3, verses 1 through 6. And if you missed any part of today's program, you can always listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more. Subscribe for free to hear Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, sometimes people hear that God is so holy that he cannot look upon sin or, you know, uh, he asked Moses to take off his sandals. He's on holy ground. And we, we, we think, well, are we too filthy, dirty because we're sinners to even come into his presence? Well, we can come into God's presence in one sense in a mediated way. Uh, Moses is not seeing the full glory of God in the bush. There's something going on here. It's it's a manifestation of God's glory, no doubt, but there's a message at the burning bush as well, that the people of Israel are burning under slavery, yet not consumed. And there is Moses, and he's on holy ground. What makes it holy ground is not that the mountain is particularly holy, but that mountain's been set apart for the special presence of God. And the question I think that we all ask is, if 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 that's me, if I'm a sinner, how can I come into God's presence without just being destroyed? And if we were to experience the full presence of God, see his face, if you will, as we learn later in the book of Exodus, we would die. But the, the presence of God was, you could say the glory was veiled in humanity in the person of Christ. And to see Jesus is to see God. And so this is what God did to reconcile sinners to himself because our sin, the wages of our sin is death. But we can now come boldly into God's presence by the blood of Jesus, the blood of the Lamb. That's how we become acceptable to him. Do you know Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you repented of your sin and placed your trust in Jesus Christ? This is the way that you can come to holy ground. This is the way you can be reconciled to God. This is a prayer. Keep your eyes open if you're driving. Oh, Lord, I see you for who you are. You are holy. And yet you came down to rescue your people. And you came down in Jesus to rescue me. Thank you. 
I repent of my sin, and I place my full trust in Jesus as my King, my Savior, my Lord, my God. Please forgive me. I repent of my sin, my idolatry, my waywardness, and I turn my life over to you. Please save me. Let me be born again, and let me be a follower of the King to bring you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, maybe that was a prayer of rededication for you. If it was, what a beautiful thing to rededicate your life to the living God. If you've gotten away, if his, you know, you would say the light of God in my life has diminished. It's not because he moved. It's because we move. But you can come back to him. And I pray that you have. Hey, if you'd like to tell us about what you've done, you can send us an email at contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. The the website, walkintruth.com, is a great place to connect with us. Let us know how to pray for you. Let us know how the program's been a blessing to you, prayer requests, etc. All at walkintruth.com. God bless you. See you tomorrow. Remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station and provide the podcast for free. Also, more people like you can dive deeper into the Word of God and apply it to their life. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth monthly partner of at least $5 a month or give a one-time gift. Visit walkintruth.com to give. And join us tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 3, verses 1 through 6, called The Burning Bush. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.